can't believe that you haven't seen it love it so much you really gotta stream it let me tell you every line right now i can quote the whole Welcome to a holiday episode of Movies We Missed. I am your host, Brandon Greenhouse, and my co-host, Jane Holly Hammer, is here, live and in color. Oh, what fun it is to, to ride, you know? Um, it's good to see you, Jane. Before we get into it, me and you, I just want to remind all of our listeners out there that... You want to keep tabs on us and what we're doing out in the world? Um, don't forget to follow us. You know, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Movies We Missed. And you can also find us over on the tweet, 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 tweet. The Twitter, we have one of the most active Twitters in the Twitterverse, um, and that's MWM Chat. Jane oversees that one, so if you go and you look at it, that tells you everything you need to know about her, her work ethic, the type of person that she is, and you can glean from it whether or not she's a dependable person um, and a liar. Uh, so let's get right into it. Speak of the devil. Uh, Janie Jane. Hey. I haven't, said, I haven't said one word to you and already I'm being absolutely destroyed on oh, my no. own podcast. I'm sorry. There may have been... Yeah, on my podcast. Yeah, there may have been a, um, there may have been a little bit of a, you know, I don't know, miscommunication or something. If anything okay. I said sounded rude, I didn't mean for it to. I'll take it up with my therapist as I generally do. Um, hey, giving you some, giving you some fodder for the old, the old couch. <laughs> Besides that, I've had nothing to talk about. Whenever just I'm kidding. therapizing with someone, I always, I just, I don't let people, I used to have a couch in my office, but I felt like people were getting too comfortable, if you know what I mean? So I just have a little stool that I got from Ikea and I just say, won't you plop? <laughs> On the stool. It's, it's, so, it's, it's, a, it's not a stool. It's a bucket that's flipped upside down is what it is. But if it's good enough okay. for the cast to stomp, <laughs> you know, <laughs> good enough for my, well, my patients. So I, I do, I guess I just have a couple follow-ups on that. So okay. do you mean to tell me that you are a practicing therapist right Absolutely. now? Absolutely. Practicing therapist. See- thriving. Seeing patients. Yeah. Regularly. Sometimes more than they'd probably like. But I make all of my clients give me um, their social, any codes to get into their homes, just in case. Um, and like, the <laughs> like codes they're like homes. lock codes? Yeah. Uh, in case you, there needs to be an emergency session, where an, an emergency home visit from you, a if I've got licensed a therapist. Yeah. If, you, if, if I call you and you don't answer, then I assume dead. And I'm calling 911, and I am on my way to the location as well to identify the body. So that's how- rules for everyone. <laughs> Don't you think that's usually done by the family? And also, how long do you give it in between um, phone calls? Like, if someone doesn't pick up, you're, you're dropping your phone and you're out the door? Or you give it some time for people to maybe I sometimes call you don't back. even let it finish ringing to get to voicemail. Mm. I'm out the door. I've got my pocketbook under my, under my arm. Um, I'm loading up the kids, and I'm like, 
Pocket <laughs> like we're Looks like we're going to revive somebody in more than one way. <laughs> you're you know? taking you're taking the kids to these like emergency scenarios where you assume your patients are dead. You're like loading up the car with your imaginary children being like, hey kids, <laughs> daddy's gotta work. Hold my pocketbook while I identify a dead body. First of all, <laughs> daddy was presumptuous. Um, oh, sorry, my mommy. journey. And <laughs> second of all, yeah, You're right. I, I do, do not I... know how you identify as a parent, and that's on me. So I will ask next time. Something new. Um, yeah, no, I load the kids up. Yeah, and I usually wind down the window. And if it's really bad, then I'll call them in. Because you know, like with animals, sometimes you like when they make a mess in the house. You're like, see, I'll get the kids and I'll bring them in. Sometimes not, but like, see, this is brokenness. This is what happens when you don't listen to your parents. <laughs> This one can't be helped. So, not to bring the movie in quite so soon, but it's what you would call a form of punishment when your kids are being naughty. That's an Easter egg for those of you who have already watched the movie. Naughty. Punishment. Punishment. <laughs> um, you know, I don't make the rules, but I follow them. And, uh, that sounds like you do. It sounds like you, you make all the rules. No, no, you no, 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 no. practice as a therapist despite being entirely unlicensed and underqualified. You take your children to possible crime scenes you punish them by showing dead bodies which i'm not again i don't work for um you know the uh, the agency who deems what is child abuse and what isn't child abuse but you this don't. seems like a no-brainer if i had to take a wild shot in the dark <laughs> so so first of all <laughs> First of all, possible crime scenes. Emphasis on possible. And second of all, I don't, I just present life and in some cases death as they unfold. I don't, I'm not, I'm not responsible for if my kids see, if my kids are like, oh, I gotta use the bathroom. And I'm like, come this way. And there's a body on the ground. I didn't put it there. (laughs) You know? Yeah, it's a First weird, of all, a weird shirking of, all, of responsibility. And second I of all, say. I basically, I do have a license, just so we're clear. He, by the um, way, you guys can't see him, but he just did, he did the air quotes when he said license. I just want to make sure every, the listeners have all the information. Same thing you do. The other what? day you were like, I'm a good wife. And <laughs> so I thought we, were, we could do that now, but it was always changing around these parts. <laughs> um, but yeah, Jane... I have a question for you, though. Of course. This is unrelated to your terrible parenting style, but... (sighs) My kids are great. Since we're doing a holiday special, it's the beginning of the holiday season, or I guess when this airs, it'll be like right smack dab in the center of it. And I wanted to know if you could choose like a favorite um, Christmas carol. Like, what's your favorite Christmas carol? That's a good question. Mm. Oh man, I don't know. I like a lot of Christmas carols. I love Carol I know, the Bells. I love mm. Silent Night. Mm. Um, I like it's, it's beginning classics. to look a lot like Christmas. Oh. And although it, it, this isn't technically a Christmas song, I do really like the Christmas versions of my favorite things from The Sound of Music. Oh God, that is one of my least favorite Christmas songs. I've oh, never understood. So I've never understood why it's really? made the cut. Judy it's Garland not- has a really good version of of my favorite things. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure she sounds beautiful singing it. I look. <laughs> 
I love Judy Garland, love that voice. Uh, that song doesn't feel Christmassy to me, and I'm always like, why? Why am I listening to this sound of the music, sound of music joint during the holidays? Well, you, know, you know, once you do a little, you know, you jazz it up and do all the little tweaks to it and change some of the lyrics a little bit, you've got yourself a Christmas song. And I think millions of people think that it is a Christmas song. So your opinion doesn't matter in that regard. <laughs> okay, here's my follow up question: What is your? What is the most? What is the most important like? holiday whether it be christmas or new year's tradition that you have to do every year that you like won't let the holidays go without doing this one thing um i have to open presents from people (laughs) and it's not christmas if i don't Um, that's a very good one (laughs) yeah that's that's probably the thing that i'm the most attached to (laughs) is receiving gifts if i'm being honest um but (laughs) (laughs) which is the spirit of the season as they always say every hallmark movie is always taught receiving is the most important part of this holiday i remember one christmas when i was a kid (laughs) my mom used to really do it up for christmas Mm -hmm. big ups my mom is not listening i love you um (laughs) but i do remember one christmas where like i saw in my mother's face that she thought that i was like spoiled like not because of not because of anything I did, but just I think it was like the realization of how many presents I had to open. Like I remember one Christmas where my mom was like, like, oh God, like it's too many. And then she started tra- she started taking presents away. Like in the middle of the opening presents. I, I love that. Like, She's like, well, wait till your birthday. Please. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, God. Which is, like, hilarious because I was, like, sweaters and, like, your birthday's in July. What? Well, also, like, how about, we t- yeah, how about we take some of these clothes back then? Take some of these socks that I opened up, which aren't really presents and we all know it. You could just put those in the drawer. I will seven. say... As an adult, I do love a gift of a great pair of socks. But when you're seven, you're like, thanks. I don't Well, no, I love... Oh, I love it. My mom still sends us... Um, she sends us thermal socks every year. And I always need them because the ones I They're got the year before are getting holes in them. And when you live in actual places where it snows for real, for real, and, like, you mm-hmm. have to wear, like, real boots and stuff, like... And it's oh, not yeah, just you for didn't the, have for any of that growing up, did you? No, no. One time I remember it like, it, I can't even say it was an inch of snow. I think it was like, it was like a light dusting. And I went outside and I was trying to make snow angels. It was just covered in mud when I got up. <laughs> it was like, it's not enough snow. It's just like filthy. You're just like, it's like a bit wet outside. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, no, you're just covered in sludge. That's all you've done. <laughs> That's so weird. I've never, I've never had like a warm Christmas, like a, like a non like cold Christmas. I mean, Christmas, there's definitely been like times where it hasn't snowed and stuff like that, but like never like, you know, a 70 degree day. All right. Um, um, cool. So should we maybe just go ahead and talk about the movie that we watched we this should. week? Um, I gave, um, I gave Jane a movie to watch this week. Um, I know there's been a lot of like asking about it mm-hmm. so um it is, a ho-ho horror classic it's a ho-ho horror classic it is called silent night zadly night part, part two yeah. um and uh, it's a movie <laughs> that i gave to jane and it sure is. We, we didn't do part we didn't do um we didn't do part one, um, but you didn't really need to, and we'll get into that. Um, this is a movie from 1987. It has quite the cult following, um, as Jane uh, mentioned. And um, I'm going to get into it. I'm going to jump right into my synopsis, and then um, we'll get it going. Go for it. 
this holiday season. The movie you didn't know you don't need. Oh, what fun it is to ride with a one-axe-wielding slayer. The story begins with us meeting Ricky, a young man in an insane asylum for grisly murders he's committed. As he's interviewed by a psychologist who seamlessly oscillates between active distraction and violent boredom, he tells his life story and recounts the circumstances that aligned to create the monster that sits before us. After his parents were murdered by a gun-wielding Santa Claus on Christmas Eve many years ago, a then-infant Ricky and his five-year-old brother Billy found themselves in an orphanage where strong emphasis was placed on being good little boys. They were taught that punishment is paramount and were forced to live by this edict. Ricky's older brother Billy really takes this mantra to heart. Both of the boys grow up to be men who are triggered by the iconography of Christmas. I mean... Watching your parents get slaughtered by Santa will do that to you. When they see a Santa Claus, they enter an altered state that often leads to destruction. After reaching maturity and being hired as a toy store Santa for the holiday season, Billy, in full Santa regalia, goes on a murderous rampage. His years in that Catholic orphanage did a number on him. A mother superior that makes Mrs. Trunchbull look like Maria von Trapp was running the show during their childhood and specialized in trauma. As the boys grew up, Mother Superior emphasized that naughty behavior must be punished. Billy's younger brother, Ricky, recounts the story of his brother's murderous rampage against naughty behavior to his attorney and tries to defend the deluge of holiday horror that Billy left in his wake. Eventually, Billy is killed by the police. But don't worry, Ricky grows up and takes up where his big brother left off, killing evildoers and sometimes just people who pick the wrong time to take out the garbage. It all goes back to that holiday trauma that the boys were forced to relive every Christmas by that awful Mother Superior who insisted that the boys partake in Christmas celebration despite her knowledge of their parents being killed by Kris Kringle. The abuse they suffered at the hands of the Catholic Church makes Spotlight look like... Well, spotlight. Look, let's not compare trauma, okay? No one wins. It's all horrible, so let's just stop it already. Where was I? <laughs> oh, yeah. Will Ricky finish what his brother started several years earlier? <clears throat> Will he escape from the asylum after killing his simp of a psychologist? Will the police catch Ricky, or is everyone doomed to have a ho-ho-horrifying Christmas season? All I'm going to say is, I'd shelf the mistletoe this year and double up on the holy water. Lock the doors and put away the cookies and milk. It's going to be a silent night, deadly night. Part du. <laughs> nice. I like that. I was worried I for like, a second. <laughs> I liked that. I liked your whole synopsis. It was great. It was... Um, it, it it ran the gamut. Med <laughs> called out a lot of parts that we are definitely going to have to talk about. This is one of those movies where I was like, "This." I wondered about you during this movie. This was like the most I think that I thought. Like, I wonder what I wonder what Jane's thinking right now at this. Point. I was screaming the whole movie from laughter and absolute like just. Could not believe what was going on. Could not believe this is a movie that got made. I'm sure I I didn't I purposely did not look this movie up at all because I wanted to talk about it with you because I have a feeling um, that it has a cult following sim similar to Troll Two and The Room and stuff like that because it is so ridiculous. I've 
got to imagine that other people have um, experienced it and it's revved up. Is that right? Uh, yeah, no, you are um, you are correct. This, does, this movie does have um, a bit of a cult following. Um, there was a actually like there's a reboot that's gonna be coming out in 2022. <gasps> apparently, um, there was a loose remake in like 2012. Um, the original movie is there's five of them I think all together, but the first three are the only ones that are connected to each other. I haven't seen the third one, but I saw the first one and the second one. Um, And yeah, this movie was made. And I think that like it was like pulled from the theaters. It made like a bit of money. It made like um, it made like two point five million dollars, I think. And it was made for seven hundred fifty thousand. And it was only in the theaters for a very short time because it was pulled from theaters because of um, I think like people it was like 84 when the original came out. And I think people were really upset about like them sort of tying like Christmas into this, into like this murder spree. Oh my god. The Puritan the the Puritans are always at it again. Yeah, the producer apparently, you know, people were taking offense at Santa being used in scary context. That's so funny because well that's so like uniquely American too to be like you've got like everything that like as if I don't know there's got to be some sort of like (laughs) weird Christian agenda behind that because I feel like yeah I mean I guess the holiday is sacred but it's like Santa's not a Christian figure (laughs) so like I don't know what you're worried about also like head to (laughs) Germany where like Krampus exists and like is fully celebrated as part of like St. Nick's like BFF who if you guys don't know about Krampus it like it's this like mythical demon creature who haunts children on behalf of St. Nick if they don't do if they aren't good for their parents Um, it's an absolutely terrifying figure so it's just funny to me that like um, you know Americans are so like sensitive to me like oh you can't make a funny movie about a slasher who dresses up as Santa it's not even they're not even claiming it's Santa there's someone who wears a Santa suit it's that's yeah, so it's funny so silly just feel for for that that million mom march they've always <laughs> Got something going over there. Um, but, yeah, so then they made this sequel. The The fun thing about this movie, though, is that this movie literally features... Half of the movie is just footage from the first film. What? Well, the part that we watched is is footage from the first film? They just use 40 minutes of footage from the original film in the sequel. The one that we watched? Yes. <laughs> Um, and it's a, and it's also credited to a different director, which I feel like it should just be like co-directed by. <laughs> it's you- like stealing another director's work. I just like I didn't understand because cl- the whole, so the whole part that has Billy or Billy being the murderer, which is like yes. the first half of the movie, yeah. that's from Silent Night, Deadly Night Part One. Yes, is what you're saying. It is literally. Oh <laughs> So it starts with Ricky, the young man in his 20s, played by Eric Freeman, um, to the best of his abilities. Um, I'm sure you've heard of him. <laughs> and um, it's him basically recounting to, like, a court-appointed psychiatrist 
like the happenings that sort of led to this. So he goes back in time and he talks about his childhood and like the day that him and his older brother, his brother was like five, he was a baby. Most of what he knows about what happened, he says he learned from his older brother. But they basically, the parents stopped on the side of the road after going like to visit like their grandfather at an assistant living facility on the way home. They get flagged down by a man in a Santa Claus outfit and they stop for the man and when they do he shoots the parents and the the little five-year-old runs away and hides in the bushes and the guy doesn't kill the baby but he does like assault the mother the first half of the movie is the psychologist coming into the facility that ricky is being detained in and then ricky recounting the story of the how entire he first movie and it's literally he's telling the story of his parents getting killed by santa and how that planted the seed he tells the story of the awful mother superior and how she ruled you know the orphanage with an iron fist and then he tells the story of his older brother billy going on like a killing spree while dressed like santa claus um and all of the the entire killing spree that we're seeing clips of the backstory that we're seeing clips of all of that is from the original film so they literally which is took, so funny like that's just it's half the movie you, that's not how you make a sequel like no. that's just not how you make a sequel no you like, can't just take all this footage and then repurpose it for a new movie and then call it directed by and name a different director as director. Exactly. My name needs to be there and I I would expect some coin as well. I I would assume, well, I don't know if everything's... I mean, it depends on what those contracts are. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure not everything was... um, <laughs> airtight in 1987. No, something tells me that a lot of a lot of these agreements were probably made with a shake of the hand, uh, oh. not exactly ironclad in a court of law. Yeah, a lot of promises of coin that maybe did or did not um, show up for people. Although apparently the movie made money, so uh, Although, that's crazy. I mean, so, I don't know. In certain courts of law, I'm sure Kyle, Kyle Rittenhouse's um, judge would probably have just let everything. Oh, by. oh my God! Don't 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 even get me started on that motherfucker. Yeah. Um, so my question is then. Oh God! It was just gonna be. Oh, so you said, um, you said this movie was banned from theaters because of the theme. They pulled. Was... I think. I don't think it was a ban. I think it was pulled. I think TriStar pulled it in response to, like, but the anger. okay, but the, yeah. right, but they pulled it in response to anger. But was the first movie pulled and the second movie? Like, how did that work? No, the second movie uh, wasn't pulled. It was, I think it was specifically... Oh, it was just the first movie that's pulled. Yeah, and then the film was re-released by an independent distributor, goodness, by an independent distributor called Aquarius (laughs) Films in May of 85. Um, Wow. Yeah, and I think they just sort of didn't care because they're like, we got nothing to lose. We've We've got nothing to lose, but everything because it sounds like they put everything on the line for this, uh, this flick. To get it out there, yeah. I mean, so just to, like, dive right in. Absolutely. The first thing... Okay. So, the opening scene of this movie is, like, they're going through the credits. First of all, didn't recognize a single name. None, Jane? (laughs) Not a single name. I saw a Rick Moriarty, and I thought, oh, any relation to Kathy? But I don't think so. No, no, no. (laughs) Nope. Nope, nope. Um, but it's like, it's this shot of like 
Ricky is like in the like room waiting for um I guess the doctor to come and there is like a a person who works at this psychiatric hospital who comes in and is like painstakingly slowly setting up a recording device. I mean, they take so much time with this one shot and Ricky and this a guy who has zero lines just continue to eye fuck each other for so long. It's just like back and forth looks. I think Ricky is smoking a cigarette and they literally cannot take their eyes off each other and then the doctor comes in and he's like again he like puts the tape in the tape recorder they're just like obsessed with showing how this tape recorder works like they can't get enough shots of this and it's like too much time is spent on this like why hasn't someone been like this opening scene could be four seconds but it's literally 15 minutes of setting up a recording device um and then when he finally sets it up the doctor looks at the guy who was setting up and he goes, you can leave the room now. And then he doesn't leave immediately. He just weirdly stares at him and the doctor's like, no, <laughs> like uh, elevates it to an insane level. And it's great. And I know, I know I'm off to a great start. I think that what they were trying to like, and I'm not saying they succeeded <laughs> at it. I think what they were trying to demonstrate to us was like the danger of, of course and yeah. like the guard comes in and it's all eyes and as Dave said they didn't want to pay him so he wasn't allowed to speak so they exactly. to, to try to follow those equity rules I guess um, and so they decided to keep him mum um, for this scene and just allow his eyes to do a lot of the acting and it's like this moment back and forth but also it's like I don't know if you're allowed to make that call as like a court appointed like psychiatrist like as far as like the danger level of like a patient like I feel like the guard right. it's at the guard's discretion like I don't know if you get to be like I want to interview John Wayne Gacy one on one and it's like, <laughs> it's well, like yeah I love that for you but we're gonna stay in the room as long as Mr. Gain is here <laughs> Um, <laughs> like we're gonna stack the room with guards because um, this person has killed many, many people. Because, because if if because if nothing left to lose was a person, it'd be that gentleman <laughs> sitting right across from you. And um, also, he like he's not cuffed. He's just like no, free to move about the cabin. He, is, he has he, he's got he can freely smoke cigarettes. He's got access to a lighter find that this is not a great tactic because he literally kills the doctor and leaves the room. Yeah, the last and shot like, of the, yeah, the last shot of the movie is like the dead doctor, which you knew was coming. He was so smart. That's not the last shot of the movie. Is it not? Oh, I thought the last shot of the movie was the doctor dead on the table when he like walked No, by. well, then he like goes to kill, like, then he like goes on his rampage to continue to kill after that. Did you stop the movie after the doctor was No, killed? I watched the whole movie. Are you okay. sure, Jane? I, I mean, I watched it twice. Me the too. Last, the last shot of the movie is Oh when, my god, you're right. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. I forgot about <laughs> Mother Superior getting nervous. Um, so, yeah, you're absolutely right. So yeah, he goes on his killing spree. And, um... But before... But yeah, so earlier in the movie, he comes in. He's got, like... It's like, as an actor, he doesn't... He doesn't know, like... 
Who? The what guard or doing? Ricky? Um, our, our star, Eric Freeman, um, hasn't fully grasped acting completely, I think. Um, he's well, approximating things. One of the um, things he did do was he obviously went to the Royal Academy of Eyebrow Acting. because Homie <laughs> cannot deliver out a line without absolutely making those caterpillars dance on top of his forehead. It's a lot of interesting <laughs> like tonal choices he makes in the movie. Oh my god. It's so weird. His line deliveries there, makes no sense. There was a point where like the doctor asks him, he says, do you dream, Ricky? And he goes, I don't sleep. It's like, <laughs> I okay. It down too. It's like, I don't necessarily think that that's that doctor's fault. So I don't know why you're talking to him like that. But it, it's just like the level of like frustration at like. Well, his first line in the movie is, fuck off, doc. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. oh my God. Well, you know, you know, so hot. You know where he stands. There's a moment when the doctor says, you can call me Henry or you can call me doc. And uh, oh, I, I guess, miss that. Yeah, it's he lets you know right off the bat. He's he's not like the other doctors. He's a cool doctor, um, and so it's like you choose what you want to call me as long as you call call me. I mean, I wrote down so many of the lines throughout this movie. There was a lot of good ones. Just like, first of all, I don't think anybody did a once over on the script. I think. Oh, no. I think it was just like let's well, do. First of all, I think we're throwing the word script around. Uh, <laughs> I think it was like a lo- like I think it was a loose notepad with like a couple ideas on it and probably and like that. so much cocaine residue. <laughs> they didn't. We gotta get this to made. Um, like, <laughs> but dude. like one of the lines when he's like recur- he's well when he's like telling the basically the whole first fucking movie and he's talking about how his parents stopped to help Santa who broke down on the side of the road and he says I don't know what made them stop actually I do know what made them stop and then goes into the story and I'm like what's the point of that why are you saying that what did that add and also you were a, you were a whole baby you were like you were a whole baby like a new, like maybe four or five months old. Like you don't know what happened. You know whatever ramblings your brother shared with you. But like, <laughs> stop speaking with authority. Um, but also, so, like, why have that? Like, I don't know what made them stop. Actually, yes, I do. What is yeah. that? What are you trying to do? You're trying to create some sort of like I don't know some mammoth effect. Well, I don't the know thing what is, is that like well, it's like if mind. you yeah, were saying if you were saying that it was like maybe as you're speaking you've come to some sort of realization about this situation, yeah. but that didn't happen. You were just like, I know what made them stop, or I don't know what made them stop. Yes, I do. They stopped to help Santa. And we're like, yeah, we can see that. We don't need you to say that. It's just it's just bad writing, is what it it's is. bad writing. It's just a choice. I don't know. Yeah, it's like I don't know what made them stop. Shut up. Yes, I know. <laughs> And then we get to Santa sexually assaulting mommy, which is like horrifying. Yeah. They, they they use it multiple times in this movie. They use like this very specific tableau of like a man straddled like sitting on a woman's chest, straddling a woman's chest and ripping her blouse open. Like this without director, her consent. She's always actively saying, consent. No, please don't do that. There is there is like two sexual encounters in this movie that aren't a sexual assault. <laughs> 
yeah no almost yeah they really went all in on that as like and they also kind of like try and use it as like a justification of like like as a part justification of like and you like so like like when they're doing the flashback scenes and we see we find out that billy who ricky's now recounting the story of his brother who ultimately you know was killed by police officers um but he's in his santa outfit he was hired to be a santa he was he works as like um in like the i guess like i don't know he works at a toy store he works at a toy store which, by the way, that scene, well, there's so much to talk about. Okay, just... so hold on. So he actually, <laughs> what you find out from the first movie is that in the scene that I actually sent Jane a couple scenes from the first movie that I was like, you got to see this one. Um, <laughs> you find out that he was hired. The nuns go to the toy store and they get him a job there. And he's basically hired as like extra hands. Like he like is going to help like like move packages and things like that. And what you find out in the first movie is that like the person who was supposed to do this job got sick unexpectedly. And so they end up. Which they don't tell you in the second no. movie they just say he was hired as a santa at a toy store and i thought hmm i don't know if i was billy and i was hired at the hired to do the like thing that directly caused my insane trauma like i would be like thanks but no thanks i'm actually gonna find another job but actually i guess they did everything to explain the entire first movie in the first 40 minutes of this movie but left out some pretty important details. Well, that was the thing when I, like with the first movies it's like you see things and you're like why didn't they just put this into the second movie? Like this would have <laughs> helped. Like it's like okay, so they made him do it because they they apparently didn't have anybody else even though there's like a dude on staff who like is a, older than Billy and like kind of looks like he could play the part easier. Yeah. But 100%. they're like let's put this like 17-year-old in this Santa outfit. Um <laughs> and then he's like triggered and he sees he, he well first of all I, don't, I, I mean gets triggered by himself in this costume we see him like as Santa Claus he's got this little girl on his lap oh my god and Brandon, this little girl this... is like wiggling like trying to get away from him and he is like <laughs> so annoyed with her and he's like grabbing her aggressively and he's like do you have any idea what you're doing you're being naughty I don't bring toys to naughty children I punish them severely. And he's like looking at her and she's like recoiling with fear. And then these two women that are watching what's happening from probably a couple feet away are like, they're like, they literally, one of them's like, he sure knows how to handle those kids. And the other one's like, he's great, isn't he? And I'm like, do you see the tears streaming down this child's face as he grabs her wrist (laughs) and threatens her with corporal punishment? (laughs) This is. This is, like, a terrifying thing. Like, if I saw this, if I was witness to this, I would be I would be on the horn with SVU. Oh, trying to get Hargitay there to do, the, do your dirty work. Yeah. No, not my work, but why are you letting this terrifying man around and children? And why does it appear to you as parents that this is, like, an okay environment? Like, this little girl is on the verge of tears. <laughs> She's physically trying to get from his, get out of his grasp. And, like, he's frothing at the mouth with rage. And you're watching this <laughs> yeah. from an observer, and you're, like, checking online to see if he's got a care.com page so you can like, hire him to take care of the tots for the week. So I can leave my children alone with him. <laughs> exactly. Like, they're, like, they're, they're, like, praising his, like, great job with these kids, and this little girl's, like, you know, just, she's got her own trauma for me, basically. <laughs> um, so that's all happening. And then but what also, it, it, no, I'm just, like, the thing that, like, 
I actually like the director or the writer or whoever was involved in this the mess. Think tank, like, yeah. yeah, the think tank. The well, the story like, you saw in the credits, the story it took about four or five people to write it. So I was like, that's <laughs> always it? a I... little. That's always sometimes when you're like, oh, I wonder if they've ever. Heard... Yeah, I was just about to say, I don't know if they've heard that phrase, but it's like, so I feel like they created this scenario where like they were like perverts wanting to get as many like topless women on set as possible and they're like how can we make this a huge part of like this like movie so that it's all above board but we're getting all these women topless and it's like I know why don't we make the trigger for our murderers to like see Santa playing with, like, a pair of big naturals. (laughs) Like, all of a sudden, they want to go on a murderous spree. Well, it's, like, the very first murder in this movie Also, I'm so sorry. I'm laughing so hard at the phrase big naturals. You're the one who said it. I know, and I wrote it down because it's something that you'd said to me, like, a few weeks ago that made me laugh so hard. Yeah, I do like big natties, yeah. So I wanted to use the phrase big naturals, but it's so fucking disgusting. It's awful. It's awful. It's so horrible. Okay, it's sorry. Horrible. Sorry, sorry. Um also cut out me saying big natties, please. <laughs> no, leave it all in. Actually cut out the whole big naturals conversation. <laughs> <laughs> So That's, this is Christmas, people. <laughs> so the first murder is actually it's it's Billy working overnight. Everybody's at the store. Oh god! This is of course a scene from the first movie that they just threw in here. Everybody's <laughs> at the store drinking, and Billy like first of all, it's only like five employees at the store, and then it's like they're like singing. And like, everyone, songs. by the way, is absolutely fucking shit. Everyone is plastered, and then like. In front of everyone, like, the guy who works at the store, he, like, one of Billy's co-workers, he sort of nods at his girl and, like, pulls her away. <laughs> and they're kind of, like, making out in a corner. And then they get into a back storeroom. And then he decides that he's going to sexually assault her all it's of a like sudden. Like, insane. it comes out of nowhere. It comes and out she's nowhere. like, oh, like, I don't want to do this. Like, this is too much. And then he rips her blouse. And then Billy sees this. And he launches his attack. And he kills the guy in, like, record time. He kills him, first of all, with one of those um, with Christmas lights. Like, with, like, one hand. He, like, pulls the Christmas lights around his neck, and he lifts him up off the ground with one arm, which is just like... There's no what? way that would happen. What in like... the Hulk is going on? And so he's holding him up, and, and the guy dies instantly. Um, and then the girl, who... She's really upset with Billy because he killed a man. Um, and At first like, I was like, oh, hell yeah, Billy, you're a feminist killing rapists. I love it. But then he... Then she gets really upset with Billy, and she's like, yeah. do? And then he ends up having to kill her, too. Um, yeah. And so then Billy kills, like... And, by the way, the owner of the store... There's another scene from the first movie that I also made Jane watch, where the nuns actually bring Billy to the store to get a job. And the owner of the store is like, I don't really want to hire any kids. Like, you know, this job's for an adult. Like, I need somebody who can, you know, lift large boxes, blah, blah, blah. The nun is like, oh, okay, that's fine. But why don't you, like, meet Billy anyway? And he's like, oh, I don't really want to meet him. But what, you know... And then Billy comes around the corner, and they do, like, a slow... (laughs) 
slow pan up from like <laughs> from bottom to top. Like we get a peekaboo at like Billy's like moose knuckle, and like oh they my go God. all a the way up to his... We drink it in. <laughs> <laughs> they like go all the way up to his face, and then you see the owner of the store, like this middle aged man. He's like, uh, you know, I-, I think we can find work for him after all. And it's he just like, like does everything but say like awooga. <laughs> like... Yeah. For sure, he does not use and James' catchphrase. <laughs> there's like a scene where he like follows him. Like there's like a montage where he's just like watching Billy do work around the store and like smiling at him, but like in like a it looks like he's leering at him. It honestly, because of also the level of acting, it feels like the beginning of a gay porn. Also, there is the music that they pick for this montage and for several points in this movie. It's the kind of music that's like, it's it's too much. It's like all you need is instrumentals because this is like a B-horror movie. And so you just need instrumental music. But they've got music that's like situational. It's like presenting like, there's like dialogue. There's a, there's it, it sounds like a domestic like... Uh, like like a reckoning like uh like a couple <laughs> trying to get back on the right path is the, is the lyrics of this song which has nothing to do with this montage of like billy sort of being integrated into the store he's learning you know how to work within the store he's becoming friends with his co-workers we see him really happy with like sort of having a purpose but the song is like it's like this 80s like michael mcdonald reject song it's, just <laughs> it's like, so bad the, the lyrics are like i know it didn't work out the first time but we're gonna <laughs> Figure it out, me and you. Sorry about what I did before with your sister, but we're gonna love each other. It's like, what's going on? Like, why was this the song that was picked? You, it's presenting a whole so new storyline that has nothing it's to do just, with what's happening. It's distracting, is what it is. Just get elevator music like everybody else. Exactly. Find some like open domain. Movie. Yeah. It sounds like somebody's friend was like, you know, I got some of those tracks from my album <laughs> that you know, I think you could really make use of. And it's like, sure thing. So <laughs> they're just collecting dust on my shelf right now. So they're just collecting those eight tracks are collecting dust on my shelf. And if you want them, they're yours. Um, so that's all happening. And then yeah, Billy is just like he's out here. There's also several times in this movie where like the police are like just gunning down the wrong people shocker um well uh, well yes i told the the police are people so are losing their lives this is christmas time we have a murderer who's this on a is, rampage i think christmas eve if we're yeah. if i'm following it correctly because he kills him around the toy store and then like he goes to this random couple's house who are like how hooking does he up. get there how, How does, does he get he there? Who are they? They're These people are they're in hooking their house. up on a pool table in the basement. They're they're and, in their house having sex, and Billy shows up at the house and starts killing people. It's like, how do you know them? What is I, going on? What are you doing? Is there no system where you decide who gets it? And well, he like kills a, a, like the woman on like these like antlers that are hanging in her house or whatever. First and of all, she answers the door. Have you ever answered the door topless, Jane? 
in your entire life. She's like, I'm going to let the cat in. And she goes to the front door, opens it all the way up. No, and like, that was my note too. In. She's like hooking up with her boyfriend on the table downstairs. And she's like, oh, hold on. I got to let the cat in. Which like, okay, can you wait to like finish first? <laughs> like, I'm sure the cat will be okay. But she, what she does is she puts on her little cute denim shorts. And then r- runs upstairs completely topless and opens her fucking front door. And it's like, sweetie, I would go shirt first any like if I'm doing anything, you know what I mean. It's also it's also snowing. Like it's like it's cold. Why are you like wearing a... jean shorts in literally in like a snowy like cold winter? It it is it is unnecessary to say. It is what it is, and I'm gonna blow your guys' mind with this gratuitous nudity in a B horror movie. It is yeah, it is it's awful. He ends up killing her by impaling her on like a deer antler that's like taxidermied on the wall and then her boyfriend comes up and her boyfriend sort of gets the best of him for a second and then like after he knocks him down barely knocks him down he turns his back to him to to, you know make that that phone call to the police and when he turns his back shocker billy hops up and also when as soon as like he's on the phone and as soon as the operator like he says like 911 and the the operator's connecting with 911 and this is a moment that billy wakes up and all you hear is a 911 operator go go um 911 sir is this a joke like she says it so <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's right before he gets killed and it's like I don't know it just comes out of like left why left. would why why would people at 911 like ask if this was lead a in joke? with that like, like anybody yeah. who ever called that's like what you say to your best friend when your best friend calls you and is like there's like a murder in my house you're like yeah you're like are you fucking on, kidding Kaylee, me? is this a joke also this happens and then like there's like the cops are like they can't seem to catch this guy um there's also a scene in this montage by the way it's a Which scene montage? where it, well, it's not a montage, but, like, we see... We're getting all these clips from the first movie. I want to emphasize, just clips from the first movie. Mm-hmm. Um, we're getting this all these This is all clips. Billy's journey. This is Billy's which... journey that Ricky is recounting to his um, <laughs> analyst. And Again, so, not how you make a sequel, but... <laughs> not how you make a sequel ever. Um, and we, But we get a shot of, like, the police see somebody climbing up. They see a Santa Claus after they've gotten reports of, like, the Santa who's committed these murders. They're driving through this neighborhood, and they see a Santa Claus at nighttime climbing up a ladder into a window they go into the house they don't even knock on the door they kick the front door open the mom is like sitting like in the living room watching tv and she's like what are you doing like she's barely phased they kicked her front (laughs) door she's like what are you doing hey why are you here hey joke's over i got my giggles you got yours you gotta go um they're like booking it upstairs trying to find that window that he came in they get to the room it's like a little girl in bed asleep and it's her dad standing over her in a full santa outfit several questions so first of all why do we need the full fantasy of you climbing up that ladder to the second story of like a sleeping child's room second question the dad was like in a weird tableau that like didn't sit right with me <laughs> I will say that this scene left me feeling very uncomfortable. Question: What were you gonna do? <laughs> Why were you okay? And I don't. Again, I don't want to put anything on anybody or make that any is not assumptions. What we're do. That's I don't not either. what we're here to do. That's not our podcast. But that's somebody else's. That's that's somebody else's podcast. But but I, I will saw say. What I saw. <laughs> I saw 
saw what I saw. And what I saw was mom having no prior knowledge of dad sneaking in to their young daughter's bedroom. And I'm sorry, but the world we live in now makes it so I gotta ask some fucking questions. The world, by the way, the world so we've maybe, always lived in, we just are right. talking about it more. So maybe it actually is like a positive thing that the police busted into that room unannounced because I am not saying anything, but I'm not ruling anything out because that's not my job. No, I mean, that, and you just hope for a thorough investigation because there's some questions that need to be answered. Mom was shocked by what was going on, first of all. Second of all, dad was like reaching for her in this way that it's like what were you going to do she's asleep what's the point of you being in here why do you have to climb this ladder in a in full she's not gonna see it she's not gonna see it regalia yeah or are we trying to use a disguise to disguise some other stuff why is mom downstairs watching you know chips on tv why isn't mommy kissing santa claus in this scenario because that made me feel a little bit more comfable than Uh than Whatever. Santa Claus kissing anybody else. In the name I'm of sorry. Robin Thicke, these blurred lines. I really, I need him out of that room. <laughs> sorry. We cannot sorry. leave this in. We gotta cut it, but it was we a could. question I had. As soon as that scene happened, I was like, what's in there, though? <laughs> there were so, there were so many Side scenes. Why well, is he I, in there? Why is he in there? You don't need to be in there. Why are you in the child's room with the door closed? I don't trust anybody. Everybody keep their doors open a crack, honestly. <laughs> we can't have that. So, so this happened, and we apparently were both thinking the exact same thing. So all you need to know about us, we don't trust him. Um, so, yeah, all of this is all of this is happening, and he's on his. He's we're gonna say it. I really hope I'm worried you're gonna skip over the next thing I want to mention. I really oh no, want to please say mention. It. <laughs> no, mention. So once they like barge into this random house, <laughs> then like we see these two kids who want to go sledding. Oh yeah. In the dark, in the middle of the night, in like I guess what they refer to as virgin snow, even though there couldn't be more footsteps in the snow. It's like been yeah, trudged over. Fresh, fresh fall now. <laughs> But <laughs> before he like before one of the kids like takes off on his sled, he's like, I feel like someone's watching me. And it's like, okay, fucking weird. I know they're trying to like it like make us think, oh, Billy, the Santa murderer is watching and he's just around the corner. But that's not true. Because what happens is is two guys named Bob and Mac out of the woods out of fucking nowhere saying that they're just coming to go sledding and it seemed like a great excuse for Bob and Mac who were happened upon by two kids they didn't know they were going to see when they had their rendezvous in the woods if you know what I mean oh of course Jane's writing queer fiction always writing queer fiction (laughs) but I just like to imagine that Bob and Mac were like I couldn't 
tell if they were supposed to be teenagers or if they're supposed they to be were, adults. I think they were supposed to be teenagers. They But they cast two kids that were a little bit older. So they it looked was like adults. Really, it was weird. And then they steal the sled from the two <laughs> younger whippersnappers. And then one of them slides down successfully. The other one takes the sled back up to the top. And as he's sliding down, because... Once again, Billy Billy has observed all this happening. Billy has been triggered by bu- he all, Billy's also triggered by bullies. So Billy, Billy, okay, can we go over what Billy is triggered by? Because I think it's the color red. It's Santa regalia or or any yes. Santa paraphernalia. Any sort of Santa paraphernalia. Boobies. Um, boobies. Yeah, boobies being revealed. Movies um, being revealed, and what else? Billy was also Billy was hiding in a bush the night that his mother was killed, and also when the mom was killed, this Santa monster is like straddling her body. He rips her blouse open, mm-hmm. and then he and then she starts fighting, and then he gets angry, and then he slices her throat. So that's all how that happens. But it's also like, what did you like? He's like mad at her for like trying to wiggle away. <laughs> it's like, what did for you like, think was gonna happen? Sorry. Hey, 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 You just killed her husband. You just killed my husband. My children are at stake here. And now you're pa- ripping open my blouse? Like, you and think he's I'm like just going to lie? Yeah. Like, he's, like, mad at her. He's like, oh! It's like, no, you. my life has been turned upside down, sir. There's, there's never, there's no white picket fences in my future. Okay. <laughs> no. So like, whatever this yeah, is, not, this is gonna be trauma for the end. Of loving time. this moment. No. <laughs> and I'm not going to acquiesce. And he's like, oh, God, it's like, no. You took, you did this energy. This, this is too much. Acknowledge what you, you did. Please take it somewhere else. Also, what happened to the father? Was the father just shot in the he head? Shot. The okay. other thing too that I want to bring up, it's another clip that I show Jane. So in the first movie, that start we find out that I'm sorry, in okay, so in part in part one, the movie the starts movie. with Yeah, the first movie. In part one, Billy's a little boy. You know, as I mentioned, Ricky's a baby, the mom's holding him, Billy's in the backseat. They get to the nursing home, which is the whole reason why they're on this trip. They get there to visit the granddad. The granddad is sort of the trip in this, where the parents get killed. The, the, the trip to where the parents get killed. Before they get killed, they're the whole point is they're driving to visit the granddad and then on their way back home it's now nighttime they pull over for a santa claus that they are like oh it's a santa where you know our son's gonna get to see santa he's been asking about that and only little do they know this was this was none of this wasn't one of the one of the top brass um and so but when they get to the nursing home they you know they're all sort of like centered around the grandfather this is one of the craziest scenes i've ever seen they're all around the granddad the granddad is in some sort this, of by the way is not in this movie so if you this do, is not in this movie this is in the first movie in order to see this clip. in order to see this cinematic mastery <laughs> um it's the granddad is like he's in this like vegetative state almost and he's like sort of staring off into the distance he's not moving at all he appears to be in a state that he's been in for an extended period of time like there because nobody's shocked by this the parents the i think the head of the facility asked the parents to go into his office for a moment so the parents leave with the baby they go into the office so now it's just like five-year-old billy four or five-year-old billy standing next to his granddad who isn't moving who's been staring off into the distance eyes goes over all of a sudden he becomes animated and he turns and he looks at billy and he's like i, I god i wish I, I wish i had the text in front of me but it's like 
you know. Like, he starts talking about how um, Christmas is the scariest night of the year. Yeah, he's like, and how hey, Santa. Billy, <laughs> Christmas is the scariest night of the whole year. Of the year. He's like more aggressive. He's like, you know what they do with bad boys and girls, Billy? And then I yeah, don't remember. And he's what like, he no, says. he's like, yeah, he's like, they punish him. Santa's gonna kill tonight. It's don't like that. be naughty, by the way, they say the words punish and naughty when they're triggered and murdering, which is like so it's like vaguely sexual and beyond. Jane that. only says naughty when she's like trying to, you know, get it going. She'll be like, I'm feeling naughty. I'm um fucking put my family I don't say I I <laughs> So how would I know? Where did I get this I know. Info from? I'm just but like when I you react like that but I just it don't... confirms what I said and it makes it seem like it's true. No, it doesn't. I'm just trying to take what I'm trying to do is wipe that image from anybody in everybody's mind who knows me. (laughs) Don't be naughty. Also, the granddad, as he's saying all this, he's like grimacing and he's also like on the verge of tears. It's like, it's like he's upset. It's so weird. It's so also the thing that we have not mentioned is that apparently the granddad is pretending he's in a vegetative state. The thing, and for years. For years like, he's been in this place, so it's like except for you, when there are children around. Like why? Yeah, why are you one moment with the grandchild? So, to give him a spook. It's honestly, you kind of can understand maybe being a creepy motherfucker is within their bloodline because they both turn out insane. Maybe it's terrifying. in their blood, as Sean Mendes has been saying since day one. Help me. Okay, so. That all happens. And the little boy also somehow doesn't cry. He's just sort of like his eyes are bulging out of his head and he's like taking in grandpa. But like, I would be in tears. In tears. Like five-year-old Brandon, if my granddad oh my God. slowly to me and was like, Christmas is scary. I would be the whole screaming. He goes, Santa always get the bad boys. You on his list now, little Billy. Grandpapa can't help you even if he tried. You got to die. It's like, there's never right. not a nightmare after that. No, I think personally, as an adult woman, I'll have nightmares after hearing you do that. I feel like if you woke up in the middle of the night, Jane, and you were asleep, and then I was next to you, and I was just like, Jane and Boo, <laughs> time to wakey wakey. Grandpappy got a message for you about being a good little girl. You gotta be good. No would you be into that? I'd be like, how did you get into my house? That's your first question? <laughs> I'm in for all all the times. I probably have a key to your house. I was going to say you probably. Your knowledge. <laughs> I like that that's where you start, though. That's like a very practical concern. Like, and less not- about how did you get into my house, but like, why are you here? And I would also start laughing because I know that you would not, not start laughing. 
I would be horrified. I would, well, my first, my very first reaction would be terror because I would be so confused about what was happening. And then I would start laughing and be like, why the fuck did you wake me up? You know, I'm a troubled sleeper. You should have let me sleep some morning. If you wanted to come over and wait for me, you could have hung out in the living room, Brandon. I love, I love how it's all practical with you. It's like logistical. <laughs> it's just like, what are, you, what are you doing in here, silly Billy? And now I'm going to take another melatonin because of you. You woke me up from a slumber. Also, (laughs) by the way, this is a little bit of a deviation, but it's fine. Did you see those new, um, the new commercials with Catherine O'Hara? No. There are these commercials with Catherine O'Hara and she's like walking through a department store and then she suddenly gives us the iconic line. Kevin! And then she starts running around the department store looking for Kevin. And then all oh of a sudden, my God. Kevin Hart pops up behind her. And she's like, oh, there you are. Oh, and my then, God. Amazing. And then they go into their commercial. It's a credit card commercial. And then he's like, he's like, man, I can't believe you lost another Kevin. And she goes, it's a holiday tradition. And Oh, my and God. My like, heart just, like, became so warm. It was really sweet. Although a part of me was also like, why didn't y'all just hire Macaulay? Why, like, do you I'm know how satisfying sure. that would have been for that? That would I I was waiting for you to say, and then Hart. Macaulay popped up. Like maybe Kevin Hart popped up, and he was like, I feel like you know, I feel like Macaulay Culkin and Catherine O'Hara haven't been in the same room in so. Oh my God! Don't get me started. Okay, so we've talked about this before. Dave just said we need that movie. We've talked about many plots for the new for for the next Home Alone movie. You know they're making one. Are it's, they? About, Wait, it's about to come out. But yeah, who's it's in it? um Ellie Kemper um from Oh, is it Kimmy just Schmidt? all new people? Catherine O'Hara's not in it. We know R.I.P. John Hurd. Well, we I know Rob Delaney is in it, uh, who I love. He's so funny. But uh, no, so, he's but not. none of the originals. Pesci didn't get the call. Stern. I, Look, I feel like the way this line of questioning is making it seem like I was on the production team and had like pull over this. Like I didn't produce this movie. I really, I really, I want like the original cast back. I don't know how to make it work, but I want everybody involved. Bring okay. in kids or whatever you have to do to make sense of this. Okay. Um, I want to see very little of them though. Um, but it's do also you... like you can't like like what are we doing? We've got a group of middle aged people in a house scared of <laughs> Pesci and Stern. I like, know. Like, what's the script, honey? <laughs> yeah, or maybe it's like a like a bone collector situation where like. Catherine oh, O'Hara God. is like in a bed and like she's guiding the grandkids and like taking out the the wet bandits the the wet bandits <laughs> and she's I like but for some reason she can't reach for a phone she's like that's never an option she's like we gotta do this the old way just like your dad did when he was little and she's just like you're gonna need an iron poker and a BB gun. <laughs> all of who's was I talking to you about this? All of the things that happened in Home Alone. Should, like, oh, we were talking about this. Oh, yeah. They any one of those things would have killed those men. Would you couldn't any survive? Like it should it have is, been a murder. It should have been a murder. Yeah. yeah, no, we should have <laughs> had. Instead, it's scene. a delightful family romp, and we love it. Yeah, but... for sure. But we should have had like a scene with like the detectives just being like, you know, we got everything under control. We see obviously there was intent to harm. We've got evidence that they mm-hmm. did this to other people. Um, we are actually headed for the morgue. Um, just <laughs> and we're, we're actually going to take Kevin in for questioning. For, first, for, for, for first questioning, you're murder. a wealthy, you're a wealthy, <laughs> you're, upper, right. you're upwardly mobile white family. <laughs> Obviously, mm-hmm. these charges aren't exactly going to stick. <laughs> but uh, two people died tonight, and that's that's no joke. That's so we got to get some. There's stuff. No punchline. 
we got to we, we got to get some stuff uh, in terms of paperwork in order. But I, I'm sure Kevin will be home very shortly. Very shortly, probably tonight, maybe tomorrow. Yeah. Um, definitely, definitely by New Year's Eve, he'll be snug as a bug in a rug. He'll be snug <laughs> as a bug in a rug. Um, he's got blood on his hands, though. Uh, your ten-year-old he... son killed <laughs> killed two people tonight. That happened. He's ended. He's ended two journeys. So. so. <laughs> So yeah, um, there may be a civil suit. I don't know. the The wet bandits had family members. They weren't. They weren't nothing. We'll put it that way. And uh, I mean, everybody's story is different. (laughs) And it looks like we're at the final chapter for the wet bandits. But it doesn't mean that there weren't other key players within their life who might feel an intense loss (laughs) at the hands of your ten year old son. Oh, it looks like CPS is actually pulling up right now. So um, I'm going to slip away, uh, deal with your murderer child. And uh, I'm going to I'm gonna hot potato it over to, what's it look like? Her? Cheryl. Okay, so Cheryl's going to take over from here. Mm-hmm. She's going to be your caseworker. Um, and uh, yeah, you'll probably be hearing from the coroner. Because this whole... Oh, you can't go in there. No, 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 crime scene. <laughs> you're going to have said. to... You're going to have to sleep at a hotel or a motel. Whatever you can afford. And I would... I, honestly, I would suggest motel at this point because you're going to be sinking a lot into these legal bills. So. Yeah, hashtag red rum. <laughs> the walls are covered in it. Yeah, Better start pinching pennies now because <laughs> the American legal system is very expensive. <laughs> this is Jane and I. We want to get this greenlit, guys. So if... If any of you are out there, you know, listening. Oh, then... what if the story is told from the detective's perspective after the it's, fact? Oh, it's a gritty noir. It's a gritty like... noir. And you and I are like, we go, we, we work the case all day and then we go home to our respective houses and we drink, you know, um, whiskey out of out of the bottle in a dark kitchen when we watch the rain fall on our window panes and contemplate how we got here you know whiskey in a bottle i like that mm-hmm, it's like mm-hmm. i'm jack daniels in a bottle baby um also with this movie if we were starting it would it be called homo alone <laughs> homo alone sounds like your 20s <laughs> <laughs> nothing to say. <laughs> I don't, because I, the nail was hit on the head, and uh, I gotta just take my lumps. Um, so, so yeah, so we've got all of, we've got all that happening, we've got the first person who's been mistaken for the murder who wasn't him, so time wasted by these, like, local cops and what was going on. And then we move on to the actual, like, orphanage, Mm-hmm. And we get to the orphanage and they shoot a man who's in front of the orphanage who we find out is actually like the janitor. But they shoot him from behind. Hearing impaired. Who's hearing impaired. So he doesn't hear them saying like stop. But also doesn't have a weapon. He's yep. just dressed in a Santa uniform. They murder him. They, they, they kill him in, in front of In front, in front of, of a group of children. The children because they're just standing. They see him from behind and they decide to just shoot first and ask questions later. The... The cops hit him with a three in the back, I think it is. Yeah. Um, and the janitor goes down. He's dead. And the children barely react. <laughs> well, it tells you something about the things they've seen. 
they it's another day in paradise. Be less interested <laughs> or terrified. They don't care. There's just no reaction. And then we head inside, like like, like the next scene or like a couple scenes later. They're at the Christmas. They're sitting at the Christmas tree, all unwrapping gifts, excited. And it's like once again, you saw a man die today. Once again, we'd expect a little bit of intervention, <laughs> some somebody to step in and be like, "We're talk, we're dealing with some of this trauma, Mother Superior." <laughs> One of the things that Mother Superior says to the cops when they like accidentally shoot the janitor, she goes. I am Mother Superior, and so far, all you have done is harm. And it's just like <laughs> classic Mother Superior, which is, I think she might start every sentence of this entire movie with, I am Mother Superior. And it has nothing to do with the rest of the sentence that she's rolling out. She it's just wants people to, to know her title every time she opens her mouth. Also, she brings up an actual good point in this scene, which is like, you killed an innocent man. Yeah, no, she's and not the wrong. Cop, she's not wrong. And the cop shrugs his shoulders and rolls his eyes. He is like, he couldn't be less concerned. Like, this isn't going to be keeping him t- tossing and turning all night. He's like, ugh, like we were trying to do our job. It's like emphasis on try. Uh, Which tracks for a cop, you know? Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. They Mm -hmm. killed this innocent, hearing impaired janitor. And (laughs) no one's going to have to answer for it. Um, So that all happens. And then Billy, Billy actually does show up finally at the nursing home. Also... Okay, at this point, I'm confused about ages because I feel like the the person who's playing who's playing Ricky is so much younger than the person who's playing Billy. Like, it just seems like there's I a little think... bit of a disparity. Yeah, because they're supposed to be like five years apart, but like that they don't actually pay attention to that. No, I feel um, like it's whoever was on set and like yeah, whoever whose ever parents like... were like the 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 most lenient when it comes to like rules as far as how long children can work. <laughs> they're probably Ross. like, oh, you know, her mom stays over at the local watering hole in between shoots, so it's able to make this work. I don't remember exactly what happens, but the next scene where um, Billy is like, uh, or they're they're at the orphanage and they're like trying to get their mind off of like the dead cop that they've just seen. So Mother Superior is like, let's sing. <laughs> and a little kid, Andrew, is like, sees Santa at the door, which is Billy dressed up as Santa. And Mother Superior goes, Andrew, where do you think you're going? Come on, we need altos. It's just like, this is like a four-year-old kid. Can a four-year-old kid be in alto? Like, does he know where he's at? Yeah, like, who's seeing the baseline? Like, what's going on? It's like, I know this operation isn't run quite like like No, that. we've got ourselves, we've got ourselves a sea full of contraltos, okay? Like, nobody singing the low note, okay? No! He's like a four-year-old kid no. who's like, can you stay on key? Like, how do you, like... like... Andrew, come here. You've got perfect pitch. You've got to help us find the G. Then we'll be off and running. Um, so, all of this is happening, and then they do end up actually, they do kill Billy, finally. Um, here. 
Once again, so... In front of the children, again, who do not react to a second Santa murder. (laughs) Two murders of Santa in one day. Also, to go back a little bit, to go back, like, like these men, there's no attempt made at all. Like, there's no negotiator on the scene. There's no, like, de-escalating. Also, the person who shoots Billy, finally... Is a cop that I don't think we've ever seen before. I'd no. never seen that oh my character. God. If if that was a cop, okay. First of all, all the cops are wearing like legit like uh, like cop uniform, sheriff outfits, right? They're in their full brown fantasy, which is what they used to call me. Um, but they're all in that. And then all of a sudden, this cop shows up. And when the cop sh- actually does finally shoot Billy, there's a nun hanging onto his arm so aggressively. Like, she's, like, clinging to him behind. And it's, like, it's just a weird, like, visual. Which nun? Like, Is it Sister Margaret? I think it may be Sister Margaret. It's, like, That's, like, brunette. Billy's, like, n- nun who he was, like, close with, I guess. Perhaps. But she's, like, holding onto the cop, like, protect me. Not, like, trying to stop him. She's, like, holding <gasps> oh. on his arm, like, oh, no. Yeah. And it's, like, why are you here? Also, why didn't that cop, before he shot this person, stop to be, like, unhand me, ma'am? Like, <laughs> I've got right a now. job to do. Like, it's just go in the corner and stare. And, like, figure go back to a childhood memory, a delightful one. But I've got to murder someone. <laughs> so all of that is happening. Um, and so to go back a little bit, we got a little bit of their awful, awful childhood. Um, it really is just Mother Superior's uh, punishment is the name of the game, as I said earlier in my synopsis, mm-hmm. and I meant it. Um, Mother <laughs> Superior is constantly punishing, especially Billy, the older of the two. He's always in trouble for, like, silly, stupid shit. He gets sent to his room um, at one point, and she's like, stay in our room! And then, like, this nurse, Sister Margaret, comes up to his room, and Sister Margaret is like, Billy, like, you know, like, I, you know, Sister, sister uh, Mother Superior says, go to your room, don't come out. He goes to his room. Sister Margaret comes up and she says, Billy, the kids are playing outside. Like, go go play outside with the other kids. Uh, so Billy does. And then Billy's outside. Then Sister finds out he's there. But on his way to going outside after he's instructed that he can by Sister Margaret, he hears these noises. He walks up to a door. I'm assuming he looks through the keyhole. There's these moans that are happening. And he looks It's clear people. someone is having sex. It's sex happening. It's two people that I'm guessing or were they supposed to be children? I don't know who these okay, people are. So my note about this is it is these are full-blown adults having sex at an orphanage. We don't know if they're staff, although I would assume they're not, since it seems to be staffed exclusively by nuns. So it's one of two things. Random people who needed a place to have sex decided, hey, an orphanage full of children is a great idea. Let's go get a room. Or it's a staff member like, you know, someone who cleans the place and some random other person that they brought in, uh, their partner or whatever. But they are actively having sex. And it's very strange because it's never described who these people are. And it's are. really loud. And mm-hmm. also, when Billy's at the Billy's at the door, he's peeking in the door. Mother Superior comes up behind him. She pulls him away from the door. She, like, kicks the door open. And then these people are having sex. Then Mother Superior closes the door behind herself. She takes a belt. And she begins beating these people with the belt. <laughs> okay, so here's my thing. Why I was confused. Okay. Because as a grown-ass adult, 
Mm-hmm. Like, who's just letting Mother Superior beat them with a belt? I have no idea. Because these I have are two no idea. whole adults. And I just whole can't imagine adults. a scenario in which, like, she's not getting mollywopped. Because it's like, <laughs> look, I did something I shouldn't do. I'm wrong for what I did. But what's not going to happen today is you hit me with that belt in your hand. You aren't. You aren't going to fucking punish me no. with a goddamn belt as a grown human being. No. Like, maybe, That's why I like, thought, are they supposed fire to me or whatever. Maybe they are supposed to be kids, but they're literally full-grown adults. There's nothing you can say to me but get out. That's the only <laughs> thing that you can say to me. And yep. I'm going to say, okay, close the door while I get dressed. Right, exactly. But I'm, what you're gonna not going to do... <laughs> is take that belt in your hand you would have gotten you would, get one, you would get one lick in you and wouldn't even get one breath. lick no if you if you get no i mean if i'm like trying to get my bearings to get out of the mm-hmm. bed to get dressed or something you're gonna get one in but that's it because <laughs> you're not expecting it because i'm not expecting it so you caught yep. me because i'm i see you with it but in my head i'm like she knows better than hit me with that though and so i'm like let me get out of here because what well, she's not finna and and as soon as I feel that pop, <laughs> me and me and old girl, both of us, I'm going to look at her and I'm going to be like, let's do this. It's about to pop the fuck up. And or I'm looking at her. Happen. I'm honestly knowing me. I'm looking at her probably. And I'm like, I'm a man. I'm not. But you know what you need to do. <laughs> <laughs> so if it's me and Jane getting it on. Then it's me turning to Jane and as, being like... As it is in every story. <laughs> and it's me turning to Jane and being like... Come on, going. The thing... Yeah, well, that's the thing. is like, I don't understand, like, why... If I was there as the female representative and mother superior started to beat me with a belt, I don't have any qualms about hitting another woman. I would absolutely yeah. fucking destroy her. <laughs> but I understand why yeah, you would no. want to stay away. Yeah. But they both, like... But they... Yeah, they're just getting beaten by mother superior with this belt. And I'm shocked. <laughs> So letting the, it happen. Like, who are you? Who are you, ma'am? And she's probably and then, saying, I am Mother Superior. It's like, who yeah, cares? You're going to be Mother Inferior, though. And you're going <laughs> to pull back a knob if you come at me with that belt again, though. You're going to be a whole different energy in this room than you've seen in this orphanage where you've been running the show with that iron fist. You better get out Okay, of here. mama. Yeah, okay. I may be hard up for rooms to have sex in. And I may have taken advantage of the situation. In a really inappropriate way, <laughs> but you don't hey, get to hey, beat me. I had, hey, I had coitus in an orphanage. This is a my product moment. I'm not championing myself in this moment either, but what you're not going to do is physically assault me. <laughs> Enough. Enough. So all, so all of that happens. So we've got, so now we've got like our like... We've got, like, Ricky gets adopted. He's waiting with his mom. He sees these nuns coming. It's, like, it's not a lot. He sees the color red. He has, like, this little mini seizure. And then, like, his parents are really contemplating returning him to the orphanage, it seems. Yeah, it's Because a weird he's not, like, the, like, perfect child, which is just awful. Um, and then also, there's a scene after this where we find out he's a little bit older. He's, like, a teenage boy. And he says... Wait. What? Oh, I don't he's, want, okay, so exactly. Wait, he's recounting to the therapist, like, you know, about his childhood. He's like, and then my stepdad died. And I was like, stepdad? 
What? Did y'all change something in the script? You adopt your <laughs> father? You don't call them stepdads. It's like you call them whatever you want, but stepdad means someone married your mother. No, it, not, it was so strange. Words. I was just like, why? Like, how is this an oversight? It was like, I don't know. I don't know what was happening in, in 1984 that they thought that this was like, the like maybe that was what they used to call adopted parents, but no, I don't think so. No, I think this is just not. a messy script, and I think maybe we changed some stuff. <laughs> And we didn't or get to people, everything. or people didn't look into the fact or that, that the, someone was like, yeah. someone like thought that's what it was called, and no one checked, uh, no one edited anything. It was, and that's not even the most that line itself that you're talking about, where he talks about five years later his quote unquote stepdad died. That is such a wild line, and I wrote it down because it just gets insane. First of all, he calls him a stepdad. That's the first wild thing. I'll try to deliver it in the way Ricky. Go to that place that you have to go to. <clears throat> Thank you for making this a safe space to do Don't that. be scared. You'll be able to come back, hopefully. God, I hope so. It was about five years later that my stepdad died. And guess what? That hit me pretty hard. <laughs> like, guess what? That hit me pretty hard. <laughs> What a fucking weird way to say you were sad about the passing of your father. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why we... Yeah, I don't know why I need this, like... he. It's a lot of, like, fragmented, like, non-sequiturs. Like, we go it's on this as if someone has journey. never put together a sentence before. And honestly, based on what we've seen, <laughs> I, I've never had a conversation with the writers and directors of the movie, so I don't know. But um, they're yeah. definitely playing around with language... <laughs> Uh, in a way that uh, takes a lot of liberties. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, they're not like hitting on new ground. I won't say that. Um, they're just bastardizing the English language. Is essentially mm-hmm. what they're doing. And uh, I was here for it. I, I must admit. Um, there's also that thing where like the mom when when that scene when like he sees red and he starts seizing, and like the he keeps like pulling on his mom and she's like I'm having a conversation and she goes back to her conversation and that keeps happening and then she looks down at him and he looks sort of stunned and then she turns to her friend and she goes hold my bag and she hands her shopping bag to her friend to hold and then she like squats down to him and I'm like why can you hold your own bag it's just one <laughs> I didn't bag. even why did you like make her like a part of this or you could just sit it on the ground and she like <laughs> shoves it in her friend she's like here you take this and then she like sits she goes squats down next to her son and it's like I don't understand why you weren't capable of doing two things at once um, and then she looks at her and she's like I'll take my bag now and it's like I didn't want this to begin with <laughs> look you're just making more work for us you're transferring things back and forth your son's having a seizure yeah, I barely know you. We went to like one, like we went to one meeting for Mary Kay at the same time, and you stopped me <laughs> on the street. Deal with your kid. So then we get like, then we move forward in the story. We're now dealing with this is this is finally we get we get Ricky as this is now Ricky's at the age or around the age that he is now. So Ricky is it's the same actor. Finally, is what I mean. So Ricky, no, are you gonna skip over the whole that kid from the funeral who's supposed to be a teenager, supposed to be Ricky, but looks nothing like him, has blonde bangs, and watches that couple bang in the field. Oh my god, I forgot about that kid. Okay, oh god, okay. That was such a surprise to me because I was like, they were like, and then five years, and then five years later, my stepdad died, and it's them at the funeral. And I was like, is that bitch supposed to be Ricky? 
because that looks nothing like him. It was, and also, yeah. when they do 18-year-old Ricky, we take it back to the actor who's narrating. So I'm like, if you're going to do 18-year-old Ricky... You which, might as way, well have just... At that point, you should have just, just jumped forward. Why do we need this, like, middle Ricky who's maybe a year younger in terms of, like, yeah. the story you're telling? Although you said, and then five years later, 15 times. So he should... <laughs> actually be the age of lawyer student in Titanic by, by your calculations. Um, so so it's like it's like I guess 16 year old Ricky and then we have this scene um, where there's this man okay he says Ricky makes a comment he's a young teenager he's like I often took the back like the back field I like to like be alone and think or whatever he's, so he's and, and he also says at the end of that little line, he goes, you tend to get paranoid when ev- everyone around you gets dead. That's life. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> First yeah, of all, yeah. what does gets dead mean? It's and somebody also... trying to play around with the language that they haven't grasped yet. <laughs> it's like, and you're also, not, you don't have the facilities. That's life. Just like putting a button on the end of that sentence, like, oh well, everybody around me dies. <laughs> That's life. Also, what? In- but that is kind of interesting, right? Yeah, which everybody gets dead. That's life. <laughs> if you like, sort of position like the inverse, like the life mm. and the dead. Mm. I don't know. Maybe we gotta. Maybe, maybe we it's gotta a mark maybe it's a hand. beautiful piece of prose that I didn't um, I didn't understand until you jumped in and opened my eyes yeah you're welcome sometimes i need a man to explain things for me to really understand them (laughs) guess what this is what it's like inside of the bell drawer (laughs) the bell drawer (laughs) um that was ice cube's interpretation of the um (laughs) the bell um so um so he stumbles upon this couple She's like in her 20s. This man's like in his 40s, I'm assuming. And he's pawing at her and he says to her, they they see at this point it seems to be a consensual relationship between two people. They're kind of kissing a little bit. <laughs> this is says, how these all start off in this movie. <laughs> always. And then he says to her, "You're going to need a new shirt." Why? And she says, "Why? What do you mean?" And then all of a sudden, like, it's like, it changes from, like, you see, he's like, he wants more to happen. She sort of, like, seems like, I don't really know what. I can't pick up a vibe. I can't figure out what this relationship is. And then she's like, stop it. You've been pawing at, you've been pawing at me for, like, forever. And then he She stops. says, maybe I'm tired of you always grabbing at me. With your friends, it's real funny. But not now. <laughs> it's like, what? What? So you're okay with him pawing at you with an audience? But like <laughs> in this meadow, it's not okay. Look, don't get me wrong. Like she's allowed to give and take consent at whatever rate and wherever she wants. But I'm just like, girl, you like it when his friends watch? <laughs> when you're no when, shame. You're, when your friends are around, it's a, it's a cheeky joke and and it makes sense. But there's not. 20 men who are grunting and heaving nearby so this just doesn't feel right um so yeah so then it like all of a sudden so quickly turns and he like ripped her blouse again so he's ripped her blouse exposed her breasts and she's like screaming and then he slaps her across the face and then he says i'm going to the car to get another beer 
you i'll be right back and she's like you're an asshole and i'm like why are you running like um but he goes to the car not victim blaming by the way it was just not like, victim I was blaming, so but i did for her i yeah i wanted her to get away i mean obviously when you're in those situations like you never know what your safest route is but i kept thinking like <laughs> girl if you know <laughs> i i would love for you to get up and go I'd love to see like a like a quick toot sweet like jaunt away from the scene um, and to know that you're okay. But yeah. like he gets up to the car. Obviously, we know that Ricky, much like Billy, does not like bullies. So and he's as, by the way, he's watching from behind the trees with a person. He's been as, as the these boys are wont to do. He's been <laughs> leering from behind a nearby tree. He's made his way to the vehicle. So this guy goes up to the car. He's standing in front of his truck or his his jeep and. Ricky, we also realize we all of a sudden see Ricky behind the driver's seat, and then Ricky proceeds to mow him down. He runs over him 20 times. Um, <laughs> he and then, runs over him, backs up, runs over him, runs over him again, backs up, runs over him. And I was lot. like, I was like, honestly, he deserves it. So yeah, I'm fine. okay with that. And then, <laughs> and then the woman is like sort of holding her shirt closed because he ripped her shirt off of her, and she just <laughs> says, Thanks. And I'm like, Yeah. Fair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> although I Honestly, did think he did her a favor. Although I did think to myself, there's no way she's not going down for this crime. <laughs> like you legit, you murdered him and then you dipped. I mean, I, hopefully, if, if she had her wits about her, she would have, you know, found a way out of that that scene too. That's what I would have done. <laughs> I would have. Oh God, I don't know what I would have done. I would have gone to the police and I would have been like, "Look at me! Like I've been, I was abused. My my boyfriend and I were, you know, and this man showed up and he killed him." I mean, that's what I would. That's the truth. Yeah, you that's know? the that's best what, thing to do. Although that's depending on who the police are, they're going to try and blame it on her. This but. is the thing. It's like you never know because I mean, she's oh. better off. She's better off if her mom's the only one who knows. Then I mean, she's best off going home, you know. And then her mom's like, "Hey, you and you and Gil were going to be hanging out tonight." And she's like, "No, we weren't." <laughs> and then she's like, "Yeah, and no, but he came here. No, no, he didn't. No, he didn't." And then she's like, <laughs> "What are you talking about, Cindy?" And you're like, "Shut up." You no more. Bitch. My name's not Cindy. None get of that on happened. Board. Get on board. Get in the car. We're going to Mexico. Mom, Mom. stop or I'll leave like dad did. <laughs> and then like let her process that and then be like, unless you want to be alone alone, I'd stop chopping those gums. I've been here all day doing needlepoint with you. That's the story. Oh, I love how she's like cutesifying alone alone. <laughs> Like, this is like a horrifying conversation to have with your own mother. And you're like, oh, if you want to be a lonely loan. <laughs> it's so patronizing. <laughs> it's all you yeah, It's like, what did I do? I just, all I did was recount the facts. Do you exactly. want to, if you need a different version of events, just say that. But just like, say that. Like, attacks? right now, I'm feeling like I don't fully believe you that you aren't the murderer. Because you are really trying to sweep this all under the rug. Well, you're, you're really coming for Kathy's wounds, I'll tell you that. <laughs> I'm still working through some stuff. Your dad was a garbage person. Um, Let's talk about. So they start. So so Jennifer and Ricky start dating. Um, they have a totally unnecessary sex scene, which is just different oh, shots of them lying on top of each other and kissing each other's neck. It's like very... There was some butt in there too. There was some tush. butt. 
It reminded me of like just like a classic 1986 scene that did almost nothing. But at the end of the sex scene, he goes, "What does he say?" Um, that was my first time. I thought it was Jennifer's too. And it's like, that never comes back around. It doesn't matter. Why <laughs> Why is why are people so obsessed with, like, women's virginity and being, like, you, like, uh, it, particularly in the 80s and 90s, I feel like it was so important for, like, like, men feel justified if they, like, if they're angry that they aren't the only person that the woman they're with has slept with and it was just like oh god I'm so exhausted by it well you know it's this yeah it's the purity police yeah. and it's also it's like that's like the whole thing in those moments with like where he's having like the conversation with um with the guy who's named the blonde guy who's Jennifer's Chip. ex-boyfriend and Chip makes these comments about like having been with her and it's just like insult to injury and yeah. so we like have like this whole exchange at the movie theater another random which by the way not a movie theater it's the smallest it's like it's a a tiny room with like three rows of seats there's it's not a movie theater (laughs) did you also notice there's like one couple in the middle and it's like this like it's like this like octogenarian and like this like 18 year old but for some reason he's got his arm around her in like a romantic way and I'm like this is supposed to be like the nondescript couple in the middle but it's like I think we could have gone a little bit more like nondescript this is pretty distinct for uh, whatever reasons it is but they stand out to say the least Um, and then like there's, there's so a much going we, on in this movie theater scene, and it's so and no. the The main through line is that nobody acts how you're supposed to act in a movie theater in this scene. Well, we've got like we've got the main the dude who's like an antagonizer. He's in the back row. We mm-hmm. have somebody who's sitting next to him. That it's like, are you two here together or not? Because it's like so unclear. There's like moments where he speaks to him with this familiarity, but then there's these other moments where they're like complete strangers, and he's just like <laughs> doing things. Like the director clearly was like, just be a rabble rouser. Like he's just throwing popcorn in the air. Like it, it's it so, makes and no if you're sense. if if you're there with that person, you need to be like, hey, this is actually is not an okay way to act in public and in a movie theater where people have paid to see this movie. But he says his companion says nothing. He just like lets it happen. Once again, can't afford to pay him, <laughs> so he can't gotta, have any lines. Gotta keep. And light. then like Jennifer turns to. Um, Ricky, I think I think we actually have called Ricky Billy so many times, but you guys get it. Um, Jennifer turns to Ricky in the movie theater and she's like, "This movie's supposed to be scary. When does it start?" And I wanted to be like, "He has as much information as you do, girl. girl what is maybe this question? One more what preview? When- maybe yeah. three more." I don't I'm, know. I'm familiar with how many previews were playing, but it's like, why are you asking these guys some questions? You saw the movie ticket just like me. It said seven o'clock. It's like seven o four now. So uh, my guess is it imminent. <laughs> my guess is shut the fuck up, Jennifer, Whoa. and use your brain. Wow. Uh, well, peek into a relationship with Jane. Um, 
it so, did come off. It did come off as a bit um, unfeeling. Well, Jennifer's and, dead, so she's not here to tell her story. So that's true. That's I'm true. gonna stand up for her, um, like mm-hmm. nobody ever did. Uh, so then we meet Chip. So Ricky gets distracted with this guy in the back, ends up killing him, and then like Chip like pops quietly, up. so no really one quietly <laughs> he he ends his life, and then we get Chip, who's Jennifer's ex boyfriend, popping up behind her, and he's based. They're having this back and forth conversation, and he's just sort of like, "I want you back, babe," and she's like, "Get real, as if," and like it's these two going back and forth about like getting back together, and then the camera pans over, and there's a woman who's literally standing. <laughs> They're waiting on Chip. So it's like, you spent 10 minutes pawing at Jennifer, <laughs> talking about how much you want her back. This girl who's standing over her has to be within earshot of you. And then he walks over to <laughs> Everybody can hear everything. This is the smallest theater. It's the smallest in- theater in the world. He yeah. walks over to this to this woman, and then she like looks at Jennifer, like this smug look, like, I got your man. It's like, <laughs> it's like literally, girl. your man was just over here literally on his hands and knees begging me to take him back and you stood there and watched and you allowed him to walk out of here on your arm <laughs> like you didn't fight for your man at all and you are literally his puppy because you're waiting for him <laughs> you've, well, yeah, you've like allowed him to see if there was a better <laughs> option you've allowed him to confirm that there isn't currently <laughs> and then you've allowed him to walk up to you and like leave this movie theater and you've got your head held high <laughs> Time to reevaluate. <laughs> so all that occurs. And then we've got this other, this next scene is like, we've got Jennifer with Ricky still. They're walking down the street, holding hands. They come upon Chip. Chip is working on a car in the front of his. And Chip is also dressed like he's in an Archie comic. Like, it's yeah, the most it's... ridiculous outfit. He's, yeah. it's, uh, he literally looks like he's in an Archie comic from like 1964. Yeah, that's very much the vibe. And then. Chip decides to confront Ricky, which is never the move. No. Um, and it ends with Ricky taking the jumper cables and attaching them to Chip's tongue and then turning up the, the voltage and t- to fry level, basically. And Chip dies. Chip dies. And... His head explodes, actually. No, his, his eyeballs head explode. Explodes. His eyeballs explode and... <sighs> That's right before he dies. Right before, and his last words are, by the way, just and I wanted, I wanted, I wanted to pull this out, and memorialize it for his parents, so they can remember him and remember, um, you know, know how he left this world. And his of last course. words are, "That's what's sh- sorry." <clears throat> Ooh, got ahead of myself. Ooh, got way out of myself. That's what she said when I fucked her brains out in the backseat of old Red here. After he says that's enough. Yes. And he's referring, of course, to his red convertible car. Um, so Moe's also if anybody shit. ever said I don't know that's enough is just like I don't know that's not like a flex it sounds like you could... no it sounds like maybe she wasn't into it yeah it's like <laughs> it's like for the love of God stop but that's what she said is she was recalling in fear it's like oh you think that's After... a flex but it's actually an omission of guilt yeah after like I finished in the back seat it's like that's enough <laughs> you know? yeah exactly that's what she said after I finished by myself while she was in the store <laughs> like, oh, that's what okay. she said after I cried after when I was prematurely ejaculated and begged her to forgive me <laughs> 
Two months. So anyway, um, so that happens, and then cut it. <laughs> um, no, please leave it in. I, I, this is Jane. Um, so they kill her, and then he ends up killing. And then Jennifer gets upset with him for killing for killing a man. He like takes the antenna from the car after Jennifer like I guess just declares like horror. At him killing. Quite rightly. And he like just strangles her instantly. Mm -hmm. Um, And you sort of, she makes eye contact with the camera. So you sort of see, um, you know, because the acting is so stellar and so beautiful, really. You see the life leave her eyes. And it's um, expertly done. It's, yeah, it's handled. Um, and (laughs) And so that occurs. And then he goes on a killing spree. Yeah. Um, I think that we get one of the iconic moments that I think is like the memeable moment from this movie, as I've discovered, which is like... I did not know this was iconic, and it brought me the fuck out. I laughed so hard. He like, there's a guy who just, first of all, there's a guy who comes outside because he hears the commotion and he just walks outside and he's like, what's going on? And then he gets shot. And then there's a guy who's literally just got two like metal trash cans that he's putting out in the curb. And uh, Ricky sees him and Ricky goes, garbage dick. (laughs) And then Ricky shoots him for no reason. For no Um, reason. And then there's a through man through his a, garbage can. Through his garbage can. And then there's a it's man. The funniest line delivery in this whole movie. There's zero it's POV. So, it's so unexpected and it's so ridiculous. You have he just it it is it's truly an incredible moment. Garbage day. <laughs> garbage day. <laughs> yeah, and so he ends his life. And then there's a man in a car who gets shot for no reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and after he shoots garbage day guy, <laughs> he's just standing in the street doing his maniacal laughter, walking down the street and a little girl like on a tricycle rides up into his legs and then like looks up and she goes, excuse me, mister. And he's like, that's okay. And then like smirks at her and walks away. And I can't. Cannot for the life of me figure out what that was telling us as an audience. I think all they were trying to tell us was like he doesn't go after kids. Okay, so that's where like he's Ricky's crazy, but he's got some limits. He won't murder a four-year-old child on a tricycle, and it's like. Okay, that is good, I guess, if we're looking for points. But, like, I don't think we're trying to, like, humanize this character. I, yeah, no. I don't think we need those moments in here, but they gave no, it to not us. not after he just, like, <laughs> yeah, he just murdered someone with, like, an antenna. Um, so, so, yeah, he's arrested, and then we find ourselves, so now they brought the story full circle. So we're back in the room, and this is how he's found himself in his current state. And then he ends up killing his guard, I mean, killing the um, psychiatrist. We see, we see the psychiatrist is dead. And then he... He's, like, makes, lying on the table with, like, a gray makeup, meaning, like, all... And, like, unlike the red face. line around his neck, so we gotta... Yeah. And then Ricky's on the move, and Ricky's... And it's, like, what kind of operation are they running in this he gets out so, hospital? Yeah, he gets out so quickly. Because... Also, not only he gets out so quickly, but in order to let us know that he got out, it's 
people who presumably work at the hospital, a nurse and a doctor or something, and they're listening to the they're listening to the tape that is still in the room and it's like you can hear a struggle of someone being murdered on the tape. And then the doctor stops the tape and he goes, He walked out of here six hours ago. And I'm like, this man had six hours before you guys figured out like what was going nobody on. Nobody poking their head in to just check even just about like a bathroom break or we just he's like on, no one's keeping eye on the psychopathic murderer alone in a room with a doctor. On the move. <laughs> and he's in. He's gotten his hands on a on a Santa Claus outfit. He killed one of the Santa Clauses from the Salvation Army, um, or Salvation Army adjacent. We just sort of hear the dialogue of this guy being like, "Hey, big fella, want to help out the kids?" And then he's killed. And then Ricky takes his outfit. And uh, I at this point, I think Ricky immediately he's on the hunt for for old Mother Superior, right? He's headed to Mother Superior, so that's where it all started. And then we get to... So then, like, the cops are talking to the nuns at the orphanage. They're like, where's Mother Superior? Like, oh, well, she had a stroke, so she lives alone now. Because it's like, that's when we put people out to live alone. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but I want to... Uh, can I talk about Mother Superior? I know what you want to talk about. Okay. Of course. So then we hear that Mother Superior is not doing well. She's home. <laughs> alone after her debilitating stroke in a wheelchair and we see her and this woman (laughs) I don't understand what happened to her the makeup on her face I don't know what it is it looks like it's applied with crayons and like random like boils on one side of her face I is she a leper I don't understand I've never heard of you getting like skin like that after a stroke it just it and and also I've never seen such a poor makeup application in my entire life it looks like they went to a spirit Halloween store and they were like hmm what how can we get a little like silicone wound makeup and let's just slap it on make sure it's it couldn't even come close to matching the actor's skin tone and we are ready to start um recording much like the discussion around the use of the term stepfather and what you mean is adoptive father (laughs) i think like we were watching this and i said to dave what's happening with the face do you think and dave said i think this is like what they think a stroke is like (laughs) and i was like honestly that wouldn't surprise me with this crew like, <laughs> like, I think that they thought, because Dave was like, unless there's a scene where she was burned ha- over half of her body and we didn't see it. Like, <laughs> and I was like, that's also possible, too, that there was a scene that was cut where, like, there was something done to her. But, like, it makes no sense. It's so weird. And they never discuss it. No, 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 no. It never and, like, comes up. <laughs> and it's just like, all of a sudden, she's disfigured. And it's like, Why? It's so weird. I don't know if you... I, I don't think you have seen Braveheart, but no. there's a scene... But So, <laughs> the the guy who plays Robert the Bruce's father, I can't remember the like historical figure's name, but he, I think, has leprosy, and it looks like what they're trying to do to her face, but like with zero skill. Okay, so I looked it up online. Apparently, 
it's a different actress and they what? think i think that because the you because we see mother superior in the flashback scenes sweetie and i never would have known this i wouldn't have noticed either i think that with or without the actress makeup from the flashback scenes of the mother superior during their childhood because that's from the first movie <laughs> the so i think they that they feel they have to explain and versus the things that they don't explain that they need to this yeah. is a wild choice so they like probably decided, oh, we'll give her a little bit of a disfigurement so that like it sort of covers up the fact that like <laughs> everything's not on the up and up around here. When it's really like you can't tell. Like I don't know what I'm not invested enough in that character that I would have been able to tell. I would have no like, idea. It's just an old white woman. I can't yeah. you know unless not, it's yeah, like Diane Keaton, I don't know. Yeah, this isn't a name you're dealing with. No. So so he makes his way to Mother Superior's house. <laughs> And uh, they have the showdown of the century. It's they have it's yeah. Mother Superior trying to get away from him, and uh, Ricky's gonna get her. And uh, and I love the thing that like continues. He just like axes through her door, and like the doors in these movies are made are, like, of cardboard. Like yeah, it's, yeah, it's so nothing. Easily like <laughs> knocked it's through. Like, no, it's like yeah, it couldn't be less than what it is, and like. And like he finally gets her, of course. She's like, she like. He enters the room and goes. He like he loves this like creepiness, and so he's like, Mother Superior, I've got a present for you. (laughs) It's like, and he's after her, and she's like trying to get away in her wheelchair, and then like there, and then finally like she she's like, she gets a knife, which is like, what you gonna do with that? And she's like, Ricky, you know, I know more of this. Step up to me. And so it's the two of them going at it. And then he ends up killing her. He decapitates her. (laughs) And then when the cops finally arrive, it looks like Mother Superior is, like, just sitting in the room. But And when, like, the nun who comes with the police, because they just let her into the crime scene. They're always letting people into the crime scene. That is my question, where it's like, okay, so he decapitates her. You don't see it. It happens off camera. But you see him, like, raising his knife, and then it cuts to the police arriving at the house... Mother Superior's house and they're running in the police are running in guns pulled out like ready to like go at it and the last person who runs in is this like dainty ass nun being like oh looking around it's like girl who invited you what are you doing here this is so unsafe so I thought that they probably brought her because they needed directions on getting to Mother Superior so it was like sure you gotta stay in the car baby you gotta stay in the car though (laughs) you don't run into an act also when she walked up into the house the first thing she did was put her hand on the door and the doorknob and i thought (laughs) contamination contamination um so well i mean i don't think we need to lift fingerprints things pretty clear who's done i mean yeah the story tells itself (laughs) so ultimately she runs in the room she sees mother superior she walks up to her she touches her on the shoulder and her head falls off (laughs) <laughs> and, and this then, is something that I think is so funny too. It's like this is the this is the final scene, and he's decapitated Mother Superior, and literally, like it seems it, from the way this is cut, it seems like he has forty seconds in between the time he could, um, decapitates her and the police arrive on the scene, and yet he there's not a drop of blood anywhere when they enter the room. Mother Superior is just sitting there. She looks like herself. And so he's like figured out, he's like, not only am I going to decapitate her, I'm going to like do a a fun switcheroo for the cops so they don't know what to expect when they find her. And (laughs) the 
way that like the the work that would have had to gone go into like cleaning up, like maybe give, getting her a well, different you'd have habit to change, you'd because have to it would be covered her into in a blood. New outfit. Exactly. Like, you'd have to literally put her in a new <laughs> in a new habit in order for but, her to be as pristine as she was. But you know exactly. what? Continuity went out the window. <laughs> Not Ricky's world. Yeah. So, so her head falls off, and then the nurse. I mean, sorry, the nun like passes out from shock. And then the, mm-hmm. in that time, Ricky sort of stands over her. He's about to kill her. The cops end up uh, shooting him. He dies. Then they wake her up. And when they wake her up, her eyes open. She's on the ground. And next to her is the head of Mother Superior. And I just thought, <laughs> we couldn't get a handle on this scene. Like, why did somebody come up to her and, like, try and just wake her up by shaking her Why would they lift her out of the scene and get her out of there? There's no reason to keep her in there. And so that's the note that we end the movie on. Um, (laughs) It was a deadly night. It was a silent night. Um... (laughs) Actually, no one was silent. Everyone was fucking chatting away, saying ridiculous things at every turn. (laughs) It was was an event. And uh, Jane, I have a question for you. Yeah. Would you watch this holiday horror classic again? This horror classic? Um, I would. And it's the exact brand of horror movie that I love, which is so out of control ridiculous that it makes me belly laugh through the whole thing i suggest our listeners do watch it because it is absolutely hysterical you can i watched it free on tubi shout out to tubi (laughs) um you guys should watch it it's really funny and ridiculous yeah Um, and i i would love to watch many people in my life watch this movie (laughs) yeah i think it'd be fun It's great. Um, so funny. Do you have a movie for me? I do. And since we are in the holiday spirit and the next time we join our friends, it's going to be Christmas Eve. I, too, have come up with a holiday movie for you to watch. Ooh, and what is it? It's more of a classic than Silent Night, Deadly Night Part okay, 2. Okay. But it is one I know you haven't seen, and I'm sure you probably are not going to be surprised when I tell you. But I'm going to have you watch The Holiday. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it in a few years, too, so I'm excited to see how it holds up. But um, No, I'm excited to see it. It's been a... Yeah, well, it's been a never because I've never. It's been a never for you. It's been a never for you. Um, But I've heard about this movie a lot, Mm -hmm. and I know that it's a movie that a lot of people love. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, I'm excited to to look at it. Tuck in. Well, thank you guys for listening to us um, rant about Silent Night, Deadly Night Part Two. We appreciate you. We love you. Um, If you want to follow us on Instagram and Facebook, you can find us at Movies We Missed. Um, If you want to head to our incredibly active Twitter page, there's actually a waiting list to be able to follow, but go ahead and hit the request. Sign up for the waiting list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it cannot be stated enough that we are working through responding to everything that's going on on Twitter and, um, you know, just all the DMs and all of the um, followers 
smaller quests and stuff like that. So we will get there eventually. Yeah, um, James really dragging our feet. That's her. Yeah, it's been well. It's just been overwhelming. There's so much activity. Um, so give us a follow there. Um, and go ahead and give us a five star review on Apple Podcast and write us a review and tell us you love us. Um, and we'll find out some way to get payment to you. Um, and Brandon will be on, on top of that, so you can trust him to uh, spearhead that initiative. We um, and, um, we we sorry. do, and uh, I'm gonna go out on a limb and I'm gonna do something impromptu. Impromptu. Oh, okay, impromptu. <laughs> um, oh, changing the game. Yeah, I thought you know. I'm gonna. I was like, you know what? Let me make this a little bit sweeter of a deal for you, Ooh. and uh, I'm going to. I'm gonna point out, you know, maybe we'll do like a we'll do a reviewer shout out for, Ooh. for reviewers who have left us lovely five star reviews. We're gonna start with this review that was left by Tennis Four Two Two. Ooh. Um, and it reads, "I don't really like running, but somehow I've decided to train my." train for my first half marathon so oh, i'm shit. spending more and more time running this is a favorite podcast to turn on while doing so as it makes me want to sink into the sidewalk and curl into the full fetal position a little bit less the dynamic between the hosts <laughs> is amazing Jane oh come on just laugh and brandon <gasps> seems to know just what buttons to push to get it going the commentary is smart the hosts definitely do their research <laughs> but the asides are my favorite part, and many a mile I'm laughing out loud. Overall, the podcast is light and a welcome refuge. Tennis422, if you are listening, we love you and we thank you for thank this. Thank you for those kind and words. If you would like for us to give you a little shout out, all you have to do is go over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. And yeah. um, we'll show you a little love on the air, too. We'll show you a little love. And also, Tennis, what is it? 422? Four, two, two? Four, two, whatever. Two. No, not whatever. That's one of our adoring fans. No, no, no. I just, I meant the number is not important. The fan couldn't be closer to my heart. But here's the thing. That, congrats on training for that marathon. And also... I love that you're taking us along with you because it sort of feels like we're training for a marathon. So I'm going to go ahead and put that feather in my hat. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> well, I right. I'm hopping mm-hmm. on old my fitness pal right after this. <laughs> you know, I'm entering those I'm uh, activity points. Anyway, absolutely. Um, <laughs> we love you guys. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week with the holiday. Have a good one. Bye. 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 You know what they do with bad boys and girls, Billy?